Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today my guest is actor Lindsay Fonseca, who is best known for her roles on How I Met Your Mother, Desperate Housewives, and The Young and the Restless. She now stars as Laura Turner in the new Disney Plus show, Turner and Hooch. This interview was recorded at the end of June over the internet with Lindsay in Connecticut and myself in South Carolina. So please forgive any audio weirdness. Lindsay, welcome to the I'm So Obsessed podcast. Um, if there was ever a guest on our podcast that the title fits <laughs> fits well on, I feel it fits with you because um, we're going to talk about all the shows you've been on, but the shows you've been on are the kinds that people obsess about. Um, and the first I want to talk about is actually a show coming up on Disney Plus, which is Turner and Hooch, which I feel has that straddling line between a show people will be obsessed with, a show that's filled with nostalgia, but also a show that um, maybe the people who grew up with the movie are going to share with their kids. So what can you tell me about Turner and Hooch? Yes, I think it is a little bit of both. You it's kind of cool. You get to check both boxes because if you've never seen the original movie, it doesn't matter because we're not doing... It's not like an immediate continuation. You don't have to know the plot of the first of the film. Um, you can just tune into our show. We're the kids of Tom Hanks's character. Me and Josh Peck play his kids. And uh, so you can just come in and, and watch our show without ever seeing the movie. However, because Disney Plus has the movie right there on the site, you can watch it. And if you are a fan of the movie, it's kind of cool because then it's just like a continuation of the slobber and the, and the, uh, the dog's shenanigans. <laughs> And we get right back into it. <laughs> I would say in the trailer, uh, Slobber might be a third character, you know? <laughs> it is. And it's so funny because it's like, it's such a nuance. It's like sometimes Hooch slobbers when we don't want the dogs to slobber. And we're like having to change our pants because it like stains your wardrobe. So we have like multiple wardrobe options. And then sometimes we want more slobber because it's part of the joke. And so they like bring in fake slobber if the dog just happens to not be slobbering at that moment. So it's very <laughs> funny. For those who might not know, um, the title refers to Turner, who is a uh, an officer, a, a police person, a detective. Specifically a, mar a U.S. Marshal. Oh, a U.S. Marshal. Okay. And then, yeah, maybe can you give us like the... Uh, because there is the movie with Tom Hanks. Um, right. So Tom Hanks played, um, Tom Hanks played a, a cop and as his children. So Josh Peck plays his son and he is a U.S. Marshal. So similar world, but very different job. Um, and as his daughter, uh, I play a veterinarian technician, a single mom um, studying for her vet tech, for her veterinarian license. Um, Tom Hanks's character, when we come into our show, our version of the story, he has passed away. So our father has left this giant hole in our lives and in our mother's life. And um, it's seemingly a, a heart attack. But of course, as uh, these shows go, it is it a heart attack? Was that the way he died? I don't know. I don't want to give it away. But my character did spend uh, 12 episodes trying to get to the bottom of it. So uh, I, Obviously, I've seen the original mo uh, movie and... I have not seen uh, the, show. the show yet. Yeah. It hasn't come out yet, but uh, I, I'm very excited to see it. But uh, one of the parts I think about the movie, uh, I mean, granted, this through a kid's eyes when I when I saw it, yeah. was it was action. It was kind of comedy. Yeah. Um, and it was dog. I mean, kind of had like, <laughs> well, and Tom Hanks. But I think those are the elements that, that really worked for that. And 
Uh, what you're describing, I think, is something similar. It's definitely geared toward families, though, right? Yeah, the cool thing is, is that the show is really geared towards what, what we call in the business, co-viewing. You know, when you... When you, you genuinely as a parent want to go see it, but also your kids are completely entertained the whole time. And so it, it really is a, a great show to watch um, all together as a family because we've got the, the um, sort of the procedural aspect of the show. So there's a bad guy every episode. So there's like lots of action, but then there's the family aspect of the show, which is the dog and the relationships and and a continuing um, narrative about our father and the mystery surrounding his death. So it is really like a little bit of everything for everyone, I think. Wow. I, we won't go too much into the mystery because we want it to be a mystery. But it's also a neat jumping off point, to be completely honest, because yeah. a lot of time has passed. Um, and I want let's talk about Hooch for a bit, because you referred to the dog slobbering and maybe even messing up some costumes. Yeah. Um, who plays Hooch or, or who, who are the dogs that play Hooch? So we have five dogs um, and they all have sort of different strengths and weaknesses. You know, one dog is a little bit is more skittish around noises. So if you have to, you know, shut a car door or you're speaking loudly, you know, and having an argument, uh, they're not so, that dog's not so into that. And then there's another dog who's really good at just being wild and the shenanigans and the, like really the comedy part of the show. <laughs> Of course, the female, the one female dog we have is the most obedient and she does most of the tricks. Um, so, yeah, but I will say every single one of them, they're very strong. So, like, you have to, you know, you have to brace yourself. You will be knocked over. And uh, the trainers were a big part of our show. You know, it was really um, they're off camera, but we're really doing the scenes with the trainers. We're we're like working with them to get the dogs to do what we need to do. So they were, they were a very integral part of the show. Well, uh, last year, um, right before the pandemic hit, uh, Harrison Ford's movie um, called The Wild came out. And famously, the dog was played by a Cirque du Soleil performer. I would love to see that footage without the CGI on it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could speak a little bit to what does actually having a dog present for those scenes, aside from slobber, what does it actually help you with? And why do you think that's part of the appeal for the show? I think, you know, they just bring a sincerity to the show and, and an honesty. You know, it's it's like working, if, if anyone's done, done therapy work with horses before, that's sort of the point of animals is that you can't lie. You can't fake it around them. If they're not calm and um, and feeling safe, there's you're not able to shoot a scene. So there is really um, a groundedness that, and, you know, my character, Laura, she works with lots of animals because she works at a veterinarian office. So we have parrots, we have puppies, we have hamsters. Our house, my Laura's house has turtles and rabbits, and we have a four foot iguana. So, and that's just, they're just around the house. It's like Dr. Doolittle. Like it's so, (laughs) um, you're living in their energy and you're trying to respect their needs. So it's, it's a really, actually a a really nice grounding environment. What would you um, say it might be the most, not like shocking, but maybe surprising um, part of the show that you're excited for people to see? I, I just really hope that people can laugh and cry at the same time. Like, I hope, you know, the cast, there's a lot of comedy and there's a lot of situational comedy with the animals that's so funny. The writing's great in in its comedy sense, but then also the characters, you know, as the season progresses, Scott and Laura's relationship um, with dealing with our father's mystery 
um, it grows stronger. So I hope that the, that people stay with it, with the characters and fall in love with, with whatever, you know, the, this love storyline triangles and, and all the things that all the great actors are bringing to the show. Um, cause that's what you want ultimately is to relate to these people. Absolutely. And, uh, I wonder if we could talk a little bit more about, um, the show in the sense of it's, it's based in San Francisco, according to at least the trailer is, yeah. um, and I know you spend some time there. You're, you're born in Oakland. Yeah. Uh, so I'm from the Bay area. So I was born in Oakland and I grew up in all around San Francisco area. So I know it well, and it was easy to pretend I was there of course, but, um, you know, the business, it's all about tax incentives and all that stuff that I don't care about. Um, <laughs> so we shot it in <laughs> Vancouver, which is very much still that West coast feel and a lovely place to film. I know that there was probably like a lot of B-roll and they probably sent cameramen out there to, to get their trolley shots and stuff, but no, it's all, it's all fake to pretend to And also Cypress beach and, and all the locations they're, they're fictional. Um, so it's sort of like just this special little pretend land. That makes sense. And yeah, you don't have to worry about like Carl the Fog rolling in to mess up a, a whole shot or something. Yeah, but, but we do have to we do have to worry about the consistent four month straight rain of Vancouver. You know, you're like, oh, it's, it's really um, here we go. <laughs> I say because it is based in San Francisco, um, so many TV shows and films are over over decades. Could you share with me one of your favorite San Francisco based films or TV shows? Well, I grew up watching Full House. I mean, that was my entire childhood. I'm the same age as the twins, and I literally, they that was my entire childhood. Actually, to bring it full circle, so I grew up watching Full House, obviously takes place in San Francisco, and it was like my second family. I watched every episode. I watched all the reruns. Like, it was my life. And then years later, I actually worked with Josh Peck on Grandfathered with John Stamos, and oh. it was the crazy. And Josh and I had known each other as child actors. Like we we weren't strangers when I booked Grandfathered, but um, which was such a cute show for anyone who watched that show. Um, and I did two episodes of the show with Josh and Stamos, and it just like was a great full circle. And then when Turner and Hooch came around, and they were like, "Let's throw you you and Josh into a chemistry read," um, and it was like we were brother and sister. You know, that's just it was a very natural relationship. So. <laughs> I mean, so literally you went from like watching Uncle Jesse to working with Uncle Jesse. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they're very close friends since, especially since Grandfathered um, aired and, and becoming dads and I'm a mom. So, yeah, it is just this kind of, it is always weird when you grow up watching people and then you're just on set with them. Like, it's totally normal. It's sometimes a very strange experience. But you mentioned um, um, uh, starting out pretty early in your life. Um, I'm wondering how. Because there's always the cliche of uh, the child actor who uh, has is on hard times now, which is always sad and, and heartbreaking. But uh, what do you think um, helped you get through um, that transition from being a young person into an adult? And how do you share that when you work with young uh, actors like on a show or set? Well, I think it's a few things. I did start very young. I did have very supportive, loving parents um, that you know taught me a lot of good qualities to have and, and important things. I, I think having stable, a stable family is a, is a really important aspect of it. But I really, you know, I've worked with a lot of kids and you can tell that some don't want to be there and they don't want that. And it's not their whole life passion. For me, 
it's where I wanted to be all the time. Um, and Jeremy McGuire, who plays my son on Turner and Hooch, um, he's like that. That's where he wants to be. He wants to be working every day. Um, I have to like remind him to like, just go be a kid, you know? And he's like, I'm not, I didn't work enough this week. I missed you guys. And he wants to like be on set. And I, I can relate because I started young. Um, I think a really big part of that is uh, just a kid who can handle it. It's a really tough business. Um, and not all kids are, and understandably, I mean, as a parent now, I would, I feel even more protective of children on set. Cause I just feel like it's, too much pressure. It's too much responsibility all too fast, especially when they're really, really little. Um, so when I play a parent, which I've done a few times, um, I just try to make sure they're having a nice day, you know, like fun, <laughs> like kids are just kids, you know, they just want to play. Well, and I don't want to get too like uh, uh, personal details, but are have your kids seen some of your work or are they, are they at the age where they don't even know that's like mom on um, TV? Well, I just have the one daughter, Greta. She's okay. Um, and no, this actually Turner and Hooch is the first job that she's aware of because she's for finally cognitively like mature enough to understand like, and I tell her about my day, you know, mommy has to go to work with Hooch and he's a slobbery dog. And I want her to think, I want her to know that I'm not going to work because I have to. I want her to be like, oh, mom likes her job. Like, I think that's important for her. You know, why do you have to go to work, mom? Because I like it. I'm I, I'm not going to apologize for going to do the thing that I love. I think that's good for her to hear. So we talk about Hooch and his slobber. And and so when, when I watched the first three episodes that Disney sent, you know, I was for the first time in her life able to say, this is what, this is what mommy did. This is like Jeremy and Hooch is coming up. And that's what I did that day that you were, you know, at preschool and that's that's what I was doing. So it's really fun finally to be a part of a show that I can include her in. I love that. Okay, so uh, the name of our podcast is I'm So Obsessed. Lindsay, what are you currently obsessed with? Um, all right, this is a real like window into my true self, okay? There's a reality show called um, it's it's a pottery competition show. And of course it's British. So it's like the Great British Bake Off, but it's all about pottery. And every night, all I want to do when I get my three-year-old to sleep is I want to watch the great, what's it called? Like the throwing. You know, um, the, oh, the great like, pottery throwdown? Is that what yes, it is? Yes, the great pottery throwdown. That's it. That's all I want to do. I just want to watch people be stressed, have a time limit about what they have to create. I want to see them use their artistic qualities and like throw down some pot and build the the engineering, the artistry. I don't like, I can't handle these days after this like insane last president and this insane pandemic. Like I cannot handle sad things anymore. And I, I just don't want to cry. So I just like, I want to watch people make pottery with their hands. And feel like, oh man, I accomplished that. So that's my latest obsession. And let's say I, I haven't seen this show, but you referenced like the great, uh, like uh, British Bake Off, yeah. or uh, it's called a couple different names. Yeah. And I think part of I have seen that, and part of the appeal for me is it's not like cutthroat, right? You're just watching people for a long time, just looking in like a door of an oven, hoping that they have the right temperature. Uh, is yeah. that similar to um, the Great Throwdown for the uh, for pottery? One hundred percent. It's like. 
they put, they like make these things and they put it in the drying room and they don't know if it's going to crack. Is it going to crack when it comes out of the oven? They're like dealing with chemistry. It's like science. And half the time, they don't even know how it's going to end up. So they do all these things. They paint it the way they think it's going to happen, but it doesn't look like the way it's going to come out of the fire. And then they sit there and they wait. And it's like the suspension, it's just the suspense kills me. And yeah, I just, I'm there. I like some, that's the kind of shit I want to watch at night. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, but let me ask you this. Are, do you, are you into pottery yourself? Because I feel like that's the other thing. You watch like like uh, like the Great uh, British Break Off and you're like, oh, maybe I should make that. Well, no, I'm not going to make a cake. I'm going to watch it. I, here's a little, uh, a little insight for your listeners. I have very, very few skills. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have very few skills. I can't cook. I can't make pottery. I don't bake. Um, so what I can do, I hold on to. <laughs> very tightly. Um, I'm really into parenting. I can do some laundry. I can tap dance. I can act. And besides that, you know, I just hope for the best. (laughs) Well, I mean, tap dancing. I mean, that is a thing a lot of people can't do. Do you still tap dance? Um, I do, you know, I don't get to class as regularly as I was like, as I would like, not just because I'm a parent, but I travel so damn much for work and between my husband is an actor and a producer and and, you know, I'm traveling all over the world for shows. And so between the two of us, I'm never in one place to just, like, take classes somewhere. Um, when I'm in New York and L.A., I do try and grab a couple class, you know, just those pop-in classes here and there. But it's really hard. But I was just on a movie. I just finished a film called Spinning Gold. And it, I was, like, surrounded with all these Grammy winners and these Broadway stars. I was honestly the least talented person on that film. And I, but what I realized is that myself, uh, this actress Peyton List and our lead, um, Jeremy Jordan, Broadway actor, we all could tap dance. And I was like, we've got, why can we, we don't have time to write a tap break into this movie. Why can't we? Cause you know, it's all about the seventies and dancing and singing and the record industry. And I was like, and we have three leads that can tap dance. Is anyone going to write this in? But of course, you know, it's just a, like a little dream I always have. <laughs> well, I have to ask, I mean, uh, for tap dancing, obviously there's like the fitness side to it, but there's also like the showmanship and, and, and that's what I think uh, there's so many great scenes and films over the years. Um, what is the appeal for you? Is it the just the challenge of it? Or is it also like, oh, there should be a great tap dance number? I just think everything's better with tap. I mean, <laughs> I, so my husband once bought me tickets to Savion Glover in New York at the Joyce Theater. And I was sitting there like a rabid fan in the like 60s at a Beatles concert. Like I was foaming at the mouth. I like couldn't sit still. I, and I kept looking at him because he doesn't tap. And I kept looking at him and, and I was like, do you know how hard this is? This is so hard. Like, I need you to understand what he's doing out there is like impossible. Like the rhythms, how fast his feet are moving. And my husband was like, yes, I get it, Lindsay. Just sit and enjoy the show. And I just kept turning <laughs> to him being like, are you seeing this? It's amazing. Um, I just think it's just, I mean, you know, there's different art forms that people kind of find their um, their little connective tissue to that like moves their soul and people like drumming people like guitar people like singing and when I listen to tap rhythm and I see someone moving their body like that it's like the ultimate high for me that's amazing. I, I have a fond memory of roommate in college uh, was in a musical um, anything goes and there's a lot of tap numbers in that and he was when you saw him on set 
on stage, it was just like he just kind of like took focus. And it turns out he didn't have taps on his shoes because he was a horrible tap dancer. It was all his like face. And I'm wondering, do you have a really good tap dancing face to like oh, sell funny. the moves and the the, com- the complicated the com- yeah. uh, the complexity of it? No, probably not. I've never taped. I mean, I have footage as a kid that my mom recorded, but I've never taped myself in a tap class as an adult. But I'm sure I just look like I'm barely hanging on, trying to like catch up to the moves. I don't know. It's probably not a very attractive look. So you have been a part of so many series that are like reference points in pop culture. And to be honest, any one of these we could do a whole and have our interview on. But uh, just because I want to hit them yeah. because there's so many fans and I don't want fans to get upset. Yeah. Um, I want to mention a show to you that you were on. Yeah. And I want you to tell me the first thing that pops into your mind about that show. Okay. Okay. So the first one, Young and the Restless. Youth. Youth. Okay. Uh, the next one, How I Met Your Mother grateful <laughs> oh all right uh desperate housewives interesting and turner and hooch fine and we're at a time where like reunion shows and and reboots are all the rage and aside from turner and hooch which of those shows or which of any shows you've been on would you want to do like a reboot or a reunion for well young and the restless i think is just one of those things that you know people you know, I, when I was on that show, I would be at an airport. I'd be in a grocery store. Like people are like, I love you in my stories. Like I was like living, you know, I was like in people's living rooms all day, every day. Like, I think there's like definitely this, it, it's very personal. I don't think you can remake that. It just is that time. I can't, you know, there was a new episode every day. So soap operas are sort of their own complexity. Um, but you know, for how I met your mother, I was just so grateful. I said grateful because I was grateful to, to work with those great people, to have that writing. Pam Pam Fryman, who directed almost every, I think she may have directed every single episode. Um, she was just a force of nature and a person that I really admire and look up to. I really hope I work with her again someday. And then also just um, being a part of a, a show that's such a hit. And I, I've tried, I've literally like banged on people's doors to be like, can we do a spinoff with Penny? Penny, daughter, <laughs> daughter. Maybe she's trying to find, you know, like I've tried. It's just not what people wanted on, at this moment. People love that story. They love that mystery. They like that kind of like jumping in from the future. And and I, I hope it's a hit. I love those creators so much. Um, what else? Desperate Housewives? I don't know. I don't know if there's been enough time that's gone by to do one of those. But I think what Desperate Housewives did is it created a genre. Like, I think that was really ahead of its time with that tone, all the women. It was sort of like, it was a pop culture event, you know? You have a sweet spot as an actor that I think a lot of actors would love to have. And that's kind of being able to go between shows. um, And and maybe it's because of a show like Desperate Housewives or even um, How I Met Your Mother that are mostly either a comedy or drama, but mix the two together. And you're able to kind of switch back and forth. Do you prefer something that's um, a little more serious and gives you a little more of those dramatic moments or something that's more funny? Mm, honestly, the the joy of this life, like being able to do this job is the fact that I can do both. 
I mean, I'm very grateful that someone hasn't like pinholed me or the industry hasn't pinholed me into one thing that I have to sort of like prove to people um, because that's so hard. Um, because, you know, coming off of Turner and Hooch, we did that for eight months and I, I got to use physical comedy. I got to, you know, play this overworked, crazy mom who's like finding purpose in her life to solve this mystery and, and get to, you know, have this great, uh, work with these great writers doing comedy and immediately went into a drama, a seventies biopic, um, you know, musical drama and being able to just switch gears like that is the, it, it, it really, I feel like it, it keeps me interested. Like I don't get complacent. I get, I'm like, Ooh, I'm like constantly challenged. I'm like, Ooh, I get to do a queen's accent now. Great. Okay. How do I, like, you know, <laughs> So um, I think it's, yeah, I mean, that's what every actor wants, honestly, is just to be able to like be taken seriously in all forms. I wonder too, because um, going back to, again, these shows that have um, are so popular, especially when they were out, I, I wonder what are the fans like for some of these shows? Because like my mom loves soap operas and I was such a disappointment as a theater <laughs> actor because I never got to be on a soap opera and it's all she wanted for me. And um, if I had done that, she would have like been the happiest. Mom. She's a happy mom. But uh, yeah. the, the point being, like, what are yeah. the fans that are the most rabid about the work you've done? Well, I just want to chime in real quick. It's never too late to get on a soap opera. Maybe you just haven't hit that. That you know, the universe works in mysterious ways. Yeah, uh, and I'd want it like an eye patch or something. It'd be like a mysterious. Yes, character. you can do that. That's <laughs> soap operas. You can do anything. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. Um, but no. But the the let's talk a little bit about those fans though. Um, yeah, I would say the Marvel for Agent Carter was such a fun job. Be, you know, it was a period piece. So like working in the forties time period, working with Haley Atwell, um, and this kind of like very dynamic, fast talking character. Those fans are, are really fantastic and very uh, loyal. The Marvel universe is very loyal. You know, those fans are, are fantastic. Um, how I met your mother fans are very serious about you know, the twists and the ending. So I get a lot of uh, fan mail and people like just shocked that I knew the ending for so many years. They can't believe I kept the secret. Um, so I think, I think those two are probably like the most, the really the most excited fans that I encounter. I mean, it makes sense. And now you're part of uh, the other side of Marvel, which is Disney, the Disney universe, which has got to be exciting in itself. Yeah, it is fun to be a part of a Disney Plus show and, and a part of a, you know, I feel like we really, the, the Matt Nix, who created Turner and Hooch, you know, he, he had such a great idea about not making this a remake, not making this like immediately after, because it really respects what the film was without touching it. You know, I think so many times we do these remakes and we're let down as fans. It's like, we're doing a separate thing that continues on with everything the fans liked of the film but we're like you know we're doing our own thing i i, I want to wrap up here and give you a chance to do a, a thing we do at the end of uh some of these shows which is called pick one i give you a couple choices and you pick one it doesn't mean one is better so the first one i have is this is oh i'm sorry for this one turner or hooch pick one uh, I'm definitely a Turner. I like I like to keep, um, I like to keep things clean and immaculate, and um, 
I think my child, my three-year-old is, is like hooch, you know, just goes in and creates the disaster and you take the deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that you, you you phrased it like that because I had never thought of it. It is a bit like the odd couple where you have like the... I mean, it's a great comedy, you know, thing of, of the oppositions to, yeah, exactly. The odd couple coming together, trying to live in a space together. All right. The next one I have for you is San Francisco or Oakland. Pick one. Oh, Oakland for sure. I was born in Oakland. So, and I... I think I would have chosen it then, but especially now, you know, San Francisco is unrecognizable to me. I don't really get it. I I haven't quite tapped into the culture of San Francisco now. I think it's just sort of unattainable for so many people. And I think Mm -hmm. Oakland is just a little bit more all-inclusive. And that's usually what I'm here for is a little little spot where everyone can feel welcome. I couldn't agree more. All right. The next one I have for you is pick one. Ann Miller, Fred Astaire. Ginger Rogers or Gene Kelly? Are you kidding? I have to pick one of all those great. Well, you talk it out. Yeah. And obviously we're going for the tap dance theme here. So. I mean, I can't pick one of those. Um, Well, how about this? Is there one, um, and maybe it's not one of the ones I selected, but is is there one that um, maybe influenced you or or, or like, man, I'd love to be able to to do that or, or just inspired you to want to tap dance? Yeah. I mean, Fred Astaire definitely as a child, especially, I watched a lot of his movies. I, I think something that's really interesting about that time period with those greats is that there was so much joy in the dancing. Like, I feel like now a lot of times you can get stuck in these, in these films or TV shows where the dancing is like a separate part of it. And there was just this really like, and this is what Broadway does so well is when you have a dance break, it is so um, integral to the storytelling. And I, I feel like maybe somewhere lost along the way, we lost a little bit of that. Um, and, and I just remember, I have like very vivid memories as a child watching Fred Astaire, like just, just being so like the joy that was coming out of him, you know, it was just like, um, yeah, it made you want to get up and dance. So I don't know. I like that. And, uh, the last one I have for you (laughs) is, the young or the restless? Pick one. You can't be young and not restless. You can't be restless without being young. Isn't that kind of... No, I mean, they go together for a reason. Like peanut butter and jelly, yeah. I mean, I still feel restless, but what is young? You know, I don't feel young anymore, mm-hmm. but to people who are much older probably think I'm young. So I think they go hand in hand. And this is why everyone says, what is the what is the saying? Youth is wasted on the young. Because <laughs> you're just restless the whole time instead of enjoying the fact that you're, you're, you have your youth and you don't have to worry about adult things, but you don't know that until you're an adult. I want to thank Lindsay for chatting with me and I want to thank you for listening. You can watch Turner and Hooch on Disney Plus starting July 21st. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next time, take care.